that I'm giving the truth. It's not me being you're the governor. I'm not cutting anything. I'm not proposing tax cuts. I'm not going to let the law. You are. That's exactly right. And, and, and I answered about 500 questions. I'm going to talk to real This people. means saying no to a governor who wants to privatize our VA centers. No. Uh, no. That's putting profit over care for those who sacrifice for us. Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt and challenger Joy Hoffmeister are coming down to the final days ahead of the November 8th election. Stitt has spent the home stretch defending his record to voters, arguing that his school voucher plan will help, not hurt, education in Oklahoma, and saying that he deserves another term to carry on what he's done in his first four years. Meanwhile, Hoffmeister is selling to voters a message of unity, arguing that as an aggressive moderate, she can work with Oklahoma's legislature while still doing things to benefit all Oklahomans. Today on Listen Frontier, I talk with Reese Gorman about the race and how it's playing out as we near the end. Okay, Reese, how's it going? It's going good. How are you? I'm good. You uh, um, are at home right now. You're taking a break. Right, We're recording this at 1.45 on Wednesday. Last night, you were at Stitt's event with Ted Cruz there in Oklahoma City. And tonight, you are coming to Tulsa to cover the event that he'll be at with uh, Glenn Youngkin. You're going to be coming to Tulsa tonight. You're taking a little short break uh, in between. I was talking about you on Twitter last night. You've been everywhere with these candidates, including uh, rural Oklahoma, western Oklahoma. Over the weekend, you traveled out there with Governor Stitt and wrote a story for us that we published this morning. It's on our website now. It's called At Campaign Stops in Rural Oklahoma, Voters Quiz Stitt Over School Vouchers. And so obviously that's something that it's going to come up um, with him, uh, especially at those kind of stops, you know, the... Stitt has taken a stance of being very pro-private uh, school and has pushed sort of this idea that he might allow people to use the, the tax money that would normally go toward their school, that parents could take it out and then use it toward tuition at a private school. And in some of your larger areas with you know number of private schools or charter schools, that might be more popular uh, potentially than it is in rural communities where one school, uh, you know, that the kids all go there and taking any money, siphoning any money out of uh, those schools for another purpose. Yeah, it could cause some heartburn. And it sounds like some voters there were sort of trying to get some answers out of Stitt. And I just wondered, you know, you went and you saw that, ended up writing a story about it. So tell us a little bit about what you saw this weekend. Yeah. So really, I, I, I traveled to rural Oklahoma with Stitt, traveled there. And we were we started in Woodward and then went to Visai and then Silling. And then to Watonga. And in every one of those stops, except Woodward, there was the first question was about public school funding. And what are you going to do for our rural schools? The very first question. I mean, by Sai, um, there's a, the very Kobe Nelson, the superintendent out there, asked the very first question about public schools. Then there's a second question about public school funding right after that. Um, and then in um, Sealing, it was the same thing. The very first question when you opened it up for fun, for um, for questions was about public school funding. And in Watonga, it was the very first question as well. And it, it is something that is clearly on the minds of these voters. And these were Republicans that were asking the questions. And once it explained it to them, they, they did seem kind of more put at ease. I know that two of the people that I talked to said they were still on the fence that they were going to vote for Stitt. Um, and the other two were like, oh, after hearing that, he, um, I will, I also vote for him. But it just goes to show but how deeply 
this message is resonating with people. The I mean, Hoffmeister's pushing it. The, the Super PACs back in her um, are pushing it pretty heavily that it will kill rural schools. And um, and it's it's it seems to be resonating with these voters because literally, as I said, the first question at every single event was about this. And so Stid can't get to all four million Oklahomans. He can't get to all of them. They kind of put his spin and his kind of or, or it kind of talked about his beliefs of school choice and why it's important um, to every voter. And so, I mean, he, while these people, when he's able to talk to are getting dissuaded from believing, oh, he's going to defund a rural schools. There's still probably for every one voter that gets dissuaded, there's probably 10 or 15 that are believing this message. Um, and so he can't get to all of them. And I think that just goes to show just how much this message really is resonating with, with people that he, um, I mean, they've spent millions, tens of millions of dollars pushing this message to spread it. And um, I, I literally, when I was in Oklahoma, rural Oklahoma, when I was in Woodward and Visai, or Woodward and Silling, not Visai, there were um, literally on the TVs, there were the news and you would see the, the ads be like, Stitch wants to defund your schools. And it's, they seem pretty targeted to the to those areas and so i thought that was kind of just wild from my perspective uh yeah that you know that was something that joy hoffmeister even today she kind of she spoke about she um came to tulsa today she's in broken air this morning and then in tulsa and then i think going to bartlesville tonight um but she even brought that up uh, that was one of the things that uh, people were asking her about today and she even went further and said that not only will you know in a rural community um, any kids who leave to go to a charter school to a, pri- a private school, you know, it's going to take those tax dollars out of that school district. And, you know, even 10, 12 kids leaving is enough that it could cost a, a you know, a teacher salary. But the way that, that Hoffmeister was even describing it today was that you, you know, like she, I think she uses the words that the plan's a rural school killer. And she, she said, you know, you, you know, what happens in these communities is the school, um, loses funding, uh, it goes away, then the hospital goes away, and then the community dies. And that's the what that's the message that she's telling voters is that if if um, you let this happen, if if uh, Governor State is reelected and this plan goes into action, that you will see entire communities go away. I mean, it's a very dire warning. I think that she's um, uh, giving to people, you know. And I don't know how that message goes over in Tulsa, where there's schools all over the place and. Um, it's a little bit different, you know, I don't know how much it resonates with people here, but I think that, uh, you know, a lot of them do get it. And even today and you know, here in Tulsa at both stops, there were a lot of education questions that she was getting from people. Spoke to a woman, Hoffmeister was at the Greenwood Cultural Center um, uh, here in downtown Tulsa uh, speaking to people. And I talked to a, a woman who said that um, that she uh, supported Joy because of that. It was education that turned her against uh, Governor Stitt. And it, it was education that that got her motivated to not only vote for Joy Hoffmeister, but encourage her friends to vote for Joy Hoffmeister. And so that's a big thing. I think, you know, for no matter where both of these candidates are, that's, that's the main thing that they get asked about. And, um, you know, ultimately if whatever happens on election day is going to have a lot to do with, with um, some of those education topics. Yeah. And also I uh, just to point out, I mean, in places like ceiling, there's, you're not going I mean, Stitt's not going to lose Dewey County. He's not like sealing Oklahoma is not going to go for joy, but it's the 
the little votes that you lose. And it's those little votes that matter. That's going to be a big decider. It's Tulsa County, I think. You live in Tulsa County. I, I don't have a good read on Tulsa County. But I, I see, I've seen polling that he's not doing too well in the metro areas. But we're, So he's going to need that rural wall almost. And it's the little votes that matter. You know, and one thing that I think is interesting, too, you know, now that we're what six days out from the election is just sort of the tone of both candidates. And it seemed it seemed to me that Stitt has been more defensive lately. And then you can talk a little bit about the event you were at last night, which I'm sure was a more um, positive environment for him uh, than the, the stops out in rural Oklahoma were. But it seems like he's being put on the defensive more where people are. Um, not just questioning some of his stances, but challenging his stances on on education, on the tribes, on stuff like that. And it has um, put him in a position where he's had to defend himself more often, uh, maybe than he has before. Um, whereas with Hoffmeister, you know, as a as a challenger and as uh, someone who um, is is you know kind of running as sort of the change candidate, I guess, in this race. She has a lot more of a, there seems to be more positive momentum behind her where she'll talk about, you know, polls that have her up a couple of points. Um, and she is talking to voters with, she has a big smile on her face and she's hugging people and um, everyone's, you know, wishing her well. And they have a much more, um, she doesn't have anything that she has to defend necessarily with when she's out talking to people. Um, and she's being able to carry a, a more, sort of like a positive image, I think, here in this last week. And I, you know, sometimes I think even that kind of stuff matters with voters when they see two candidates and just the framing on, of that home stretch and how how that works for them, I mean, can make a difference. And so what has, um, you've been out with, with Governor Stitt quite a bit here in the last couple of weeks. What has his tone been like? It's hard. I mean, a GOP consultant texted me after my story dropped today, basically said that, in rural Oklahoma, you want to be talking about Joe Biden and the economy um, to the Republicans that show up. You don't want to talk, be talking, defending education. And, and that's, I mean, that's fair. He, and, and to this day and age, with Biden as unpopular as he is, and the economy in shambles, um, as a Republican in Oklahoma, you want to go out and be like, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, the economy, the economy, the economy. But when you're the only questions you're getting asked mostly are education, like why do you want to do this or it's about why do you hate the tribes or it's like when you're having to defend that's not the that's not a very good stance you can't get do get those red meat answers and so i i have seen the 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 tone that they're taking is a lot more um humble in a sense it is um you no longer get the sense that it thinks that oh i'm gonna win no matter what I mean, he's told voters that um, they asked him, do you do polling? And he said, yes. I mean, the race is Ed Watonga. They asked him, like, hey, do you do polling on your own race? Like, what is it at? And he's like, yeah, it's, it's a close race. I mean, um, we have it we have it where we're up a little bit. Uh, but you've seen some of the public polls that show it's closer. Like, we need your vote. We need you to go tell people to vote. Um, now, he's not saying I'm going to lose, but he's saying we have it really close. Like, we need you. As opposed to, I like, I, I, I just didn't. If this was any other year, I mean, in the primary, he had it in the bag. And I know probably earlier on in the in the general election cycle, he also thought he had it in the bag. He didn't think he had anything to worry about. And now he's telling voters it's a close race. Um, we need we need your support. We need you to tell people, get out of vote. We need you to 
dispute these lies that the dark money groups are expending. And we need, we need you to get out of vote. And he's telling that to voters. I mean, the Watongan one is just sticks in my mind because someone specifically asked about polling. And he said, yeah, it's a close race, which I don't think he would have ever admitted in August or September even. I think he probably would have been like, no, like, don't believe those polls. He, he did a fan fundraising video saying the polls are inaccurate. We are going to win this thing by a lot. I think it was released in September. It was right after that first poll by Sooner poll that showed him, what was it, three points or whatever, that very first Yeah, poll. I think you had him, yeah, around three points. Yeah, and so it was right after that poll dropped. He did a fundraising video to all, um, and I'm on his fundraising list, so I, I got the video, and it was basically, hey, all these fake polls, like, we're winning by 15. This is what our internals are showing. We're winning by this much. Like, we, this is just lies and all that, and basically just reaffirming his stuff. And now he's not disputing this. He's saying, no, it's a close race. And Yeah, both candidates are sort of having to be careful, you know, here a week out of um, – Promoting, I think, the, uh, a sense of strength. You know, we're we're doing well. We're, go- we're things that look good. We're everything. We're going strong. But also um, making sure that people know that they, you know, hey, we still need your vote. I mean, Joy was sort of echoing the same things today. She was uh, telling people uh, at her uh, Woodward Park stop. She was saying, hey, we need, uh, you know, every one of you to vote and vote early. That's she talked today. Early voting, you know, starts today in Tulsa County. You can go vote today. Go do it today. Um, because she was saying the same things. Hey, it's it's going to be a tight race. That was the words that she used when someone asked about the polling. And then they mentioned a poll that had her up three points, I think, or two points. And she said, yeah, well, you don't know. You know, we know it's going to be close. Every vote counts. We really need um, as many people to vote as possible. And she mentioned at the Greenwood uh, park stop the same thing it's going to be a tight race she said um what your responsibility is not just to vote but to ask your friends if they're voting too and i she told everyone that um just asking someone if they had a plan to vote or asking what their plan to vote was increased the likelihood that they would vote like up to eight times or something so everyone wants to make it sound like they're in the lead and they're doing great but also don't want to discourage voters who might think oh well they don't need my vote anymore um they want everyone everyone possible to vote and uh without you know turning anyone off one other thing that i think i've I've realized is while i was able to write this story which the best did with the people asking questions it's because he takes questions at the event something i realized hoffmeister does not take questions in front of everybody she'll take one-on-one questions from people but like and the few events I've been to, people are like, can we ask a question? And they'll shut it down and be like, hey, no, she's not taking questions. We can catch her one-on-one. Like, um, and, I, and so I think that's something, too, that um, they are really – they are really trying – there's one mistake, like the Sanctuary City thing. That was a big mistake in the campaign. Now, I'm not saying it's going to make or break the campaign, but it's a big mistake. I mean, you can go endorse Sanctuary Cities in Oklahoma. And so I think they're tr- – like, while Stitt has a lot of room, to he's the incumbent he's a republican i mean everything is in his favor for the most part besides the millions being spent against him so he has some room to make mistakes hoffmeister does not so yeah her margin of error is definitely smaller as a as a democrat as a challenger um yeah yeah, i don't know it's going to be interesting six days out uh you know and still the feeling of you know anything could happen yeah yeah and i i think personally whoever wins i think it's single digit victories i don't think any one person gets the 50 percent. if you're asking 
I mean, just looking how how close it is now. I could eat my words on this. I just, but I mean, just from all the public polling we have access to and some of the private ones I've seen, I don't think anyone one candidate gets to fifty percent of the vote. Well, I'll let people um, hold you to that, and we'll have some type of punishment for you, uh, some kind of public punishment if that uh, happens. Reese, thank you. We, uh, you know, everyone, I guess we can use this to promote the Twitter space on election night. We're going to, we'll have a Twitter space um, as the votes are coming in, and then sort of another one at the end of the night uh, after the races are sort of decided. Um, you can join us there. Reese is going to be out, uh, I'm sure, driving people crazy at the OKGOP OK uh, watch party. There, a lot of the uh, candidates will be there. So um, stay tuned. You can go on Twitter and uh, on our Twitter account and set a reminder. Uh, we'll be tweeting about the space throughout the week up to Election Day. Uh, and just catch us then. Yeah, we'll have a number of uh, still have a number of stories to come out before the election. And then we'll have some post-election analysis uh, to be done afterward. And uh, yeah, stay tuned. Later, guys. Yep, Reese, talk to you later. Thank you.